Welcome to the PCA Alumni Life Talk podcast, where we talk about life while encouraging and equipping you to live out the truth of God's Word. My name is Megan Rogers, and I'm the Director of Alumni Relations at Prestonwood Christian Academy. I'm hosting Life Talk with my friend and colleague at PCA, Dan Panetti. I'm Dan Panetti, Worldview Director here at PCA, and um, it's uh, it's neat. I, just, this is fun because um, every time we bring somebody in, right, it's an alumni mm-hmm. um, that sometimes we just we haven't seen in years, yeah. right? And just yeah. it's fun to get to uh, hear from them, get kind of a, a catch up in life, and then find out what God's doing in their life. Um, but this alumni I actually have seen recently, um, and uh, um, it hadn't been it hadn't been too long. Right, but I kind of I kind of keep up with uh, with Clayton, and uh, and so it's been um, just a blessing, uh, just to watch what God's done in his life since he's left PCA, um, and it's just a thrill to have you here, kind of for you to be able to share that with us. So Clayton Kendall is our guest. Yes, Clayton, welcome, welcome back to PCA. Thank We're you. glad you're here. It is it has been some time, and man, I'll tell you what, Dan, we go way back even before PCA did. Yes, we do. And so <laughs> sitting here is, is yes, uh, it's do. a blessing to be here. Oh, so. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the Kendall family, super super special um, love all of them um, so it's kind of fun so just bring us up to speed a little bit right because um, if they, if people clicked on the Clayton Kendall right they want to know kind of you know not only where you are right mm-hmm. but you might want to kind of throw the brothers in there as well because you guys are all kind of close but uh, sure. you graduated in PCA in 2005. Oh my goodness, it seems wow. like yesterday that wasn't. You know, you're considered one of our older alumni. Mm, I know. <laughs> I know. You must be pushing 30. Uh, next month, I will be 34. <gasps> wow. Okay, I'm getting really old. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Let's, let's not throw numbers out anymore. Let's move past that. Okay. So, okay, 33. Let's just say 33 for now. Yeah, we'll say 33. Okay. So, you graduated in 2005, and then what happened after that? What happened after that? So, uh, I went to Baylor. Um, Along with several of my friends from a couple, Prestonwood, a yeah. Couple, yeah. Um, There's a couple of Baylor alumni at pretty PCA. much just, just a few. few. Just a few. Uh, my brother uh, Carter and Chet also uh, went to Baylor. Um, uh, Carter is my identical twin, and so we uh, we roomed together. I think pretty much every year except our freshman year at Baylor. So uh, we were all KOTs, Capital uh, Megaton. So that was a service fraternity at Baylor. Um, majored in finance, and then met my wife in 2009 at Baylor, and then graduated. There so. That's uh, step one. Um, after that, there's a laundry list of things that have happened. <laughs> Different in life. Jobs, working here, working there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I would say that um, you know, bringing up to speed is you know, meeting my wife. I, I did not expect to meet her um, four months before I graduated from Baylor. Mm. Yeah. In fact, I uh, that was a huge blessing. Um, I met her. I went back. Uh, early uh, after Christmas break to prepare for something called All University Sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I met her during that time when uh, the girls were rushing for uh, sororities. And so little did I know that I would meet my wife um, just right before I graduated. And we didn't meet each other the entire time we were there. So, wow. Yeah, that so was... Your wife is Ashley. Correct. Right? We, I've met Ashley. Do you yes, know Ashley? I have met Ashley. Very sweet. Ashley is adorable. Yes. She's a fantastic young lady. So you did very, very mm-hmm. well. And she did as well. So maybe, she did, yeah, she did okay. I mean, yeah. I think I married up. <laughs> I think you both married very well. So yes. we're super thrilled. But then um, you and Ashley, right, different work and different jobs and things mm-hmm. like that. And you guys started having kids. So bring us up to speed on that. So Ashley uh, went to grad school, became a speech pathologist, mm-hmm. works, uh, worked at UT Southwestern. Um, uh, and during that time when she was in grad school, we had our, our first son, Miller, who's now seven. Uh, and so wow. we, not, we have uh, four children. Uh, so Miller, Molly, and... Uh, Ford, and then we lost uh, 
Myers uh, recently, about a little over a year and a couple months ago, in November 2019, from a, a heart diagnosis. Yeah. So now we're gonna yeah. we're gonna come back to Myers right. in a second. The mm-hmm. first thing that people are probably thinking of is, right, that so far Miller, Molly, Myers. And Ford, mm-hmm. like, did you misname Ford? Is there not, was there so, not another <laughs> M around that right. you needed? So we, I know the story, but you got to tell people. Okay. They're, they're so thinking it. We went through all the M's that we wanted to go through, and then, um, and so Myers' middle name is Crawford, and so we wanted to name um, Ford. We call him Ford after Myers, and so that was kind of the um, the logic behind that. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. love that name. There you go. That's awesome. There you go. You have to have some explanation. Yes, you Name, do. Names are important. So they're <laughs> they're kind, of, kind of interesting. Okay, so um, we do want to focus on Myers, though, because mm-hmm. it was a, um, a couple of years ago when I actually went to Bryant Myers' homegoing, his funeral, mm-hmm. um, and actually got to see you speak and got to see a bunch of PCA alumni because you have an incredible yeah. community right. um, that right. you have been able to connect with right through your church at Watermark, but then just people from PCA as well. Um, that just love and adore you know you and your family, um, mm-hmm. and it was really, really a really uh, incredible service. Um, but kind of bring us to the beginning of when mm-hmm. Myers was first diagnosed, right? And kind of how you guys walked through some of that difficult time. Well, that's a great question. So Myers was diagnosed in August, at the end of August, August twentieth, uh, two thousand nineteen, and so um, you know we thought he had a common cold, um, and you know he just started breathing really fast, and so. We called a pediatrician and um, and they told us to take him to Children's and we thought we'd get some sort of breathing treatment for asthma, yep. uh, something that's pretty common. And and so we quickly learned that um, there was something wrong with his heart. Uh, he had an enlarged heart and so um, got diagnosed with myocarditis, which uh, is a really rare condition, um, but it is something that you can recover from. Uh, sometimes you need a new heart, sometimes you just need lifelong medication, um, and then in some instances you, you don't make it. So. That was uh, back in August of 2019, and, and then for really the next three, almost three months, we were in and out of the hospital mm-hmm. um, several times for weeks at a time, uh, and one of us or both of us had to be there during that time. And so he um, he ended up passing November 17th. Um, I would say unexpectedly, we were back in the hospital thinking we were going to be there for another week, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he coded uh, one morning and. And then by the end of the day, you know, he had already passed. But, you know, God really went before us during that time. Uh, spe- specifically on that day, I showed up at the hospital on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And he coded five minutes later. Mm-hmm. And Ashley would have been the only one there, um, you know, and that would have been just really terrifying for her. So God really went before us, just allowing me and his grace just to be there with her during that moment and also with Myers getting to hold them one last time. So Yeah, and you said one of the first people you called um, is the other guy who spoke uh, at yeah. the funeral was John Elmore. Right. Uh, we brought John in for a chapel after that, after I saw him speak um, at the funeral because mm-hmm. I was just so touched with John and just, you know, what an incredible, incredible one, not, mm-hmm. not only story to, that he has, but an incredible spiritual just presence that he has. So what was, what's your relationship like with John? So we've known the Elmores for uh, a few years now. Actually, was John's, uh, his wife, Laura, I was her neighbor in college. And oh, so we yeah, wow, we went to Baylor world. together. So yeah, small world. <laughs> um, really small world. And now they're neighbors to us in Richardson. Oh, so, cool. Crazy. Um, you know, the Elmores, our kids are all the same age and we, we coach all the same teams. And, 
you know, we're on in the street playing together all the time. And so we've just really gotten to know them, become really close. Uh, and our kids are really good friends. And so we've kind of walked alongside of them and, and them alongside of us during kind of these younger years. And John really played a, just a pivotal role in um, throughout Myers' diagnosis, you know, and, and, and treatment and being in the hospital. Uh, but specifically also on that day um, when I called him, he was one of the first. Yeah. 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 So you don't even know how important community is until really an event like this happens. Right. But if you're not building community and you don't have those spiritual connections around you when you need them and they're not there, right, it's, it's hard to actually get them right in a time of emergency. So, I mean, just, I think, you know, kind of a, a you know, a compliment to you right, is that you built those things, right, a spiritual network and connection. You got it plugged into a good church. Um, you got involved, and then you begin to build that network of believers, right, not not so that when a bad thing happens, right, right? Mm. because you, you just want those connections because you want to do life with people. But right. in the event something does happen like this, it's amazing how that community just comes around and, and provides support, and you got to experience that. We did. So we're, we do, we attend Watermark Church, and, and we are in, part of a community group or life group or cell group. They're all kind of called different things at different uh, different churches. And so, you know, we have some couples that we do life with and, mm -hmm. and we meet weekly, whether it's just the men or the women or all, all the adults, and we walk through life together. Uh, and the, the biggest blessing from that is a lot of times people think, okay, well, I'm going to go to Bible study and we're, we're going to learn from the Word and we're going to take something from that and apply it to our lives. And But another component of community is, um, hey, here's a challenge we're going through, mm -hmm. or here's a big financial decision, mm -hmm. or, hey, you know, somebody's sick. Mm -hmm. um, how do we deal with this in a way that's going to honor the Lord? Right. And so having that, uh, you know, it's just, it's pivotal in our lives. It's, uh, it is an anchor for um, ourselves, our marriage, and, and just how we just interact with uh, our kids and our family. Yeah. That's very true. Um, question, and, mm -hmm. and think about this for a second, but what's what's one thing, I know there's a lot of things right, yeah. that you and Ashley learned through the process. What's just one thing that you kind of pulled out that um, that God showed you that just kind of you didn't maybe see at the beginning? And, and there's a lot of comments that people give you right mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in times like this some some good some not right. um, but just one thing that as you kind of reflect back on it you just go wow that was really something i didn't see at the beginning but i kind of learned right that that was a lesson that god wanted to to you know share with me what what just looking back on it now through the process you know i think there's a level of um when something like this happens and a level of fear mm -hmm. right it's like how how am i going to deal with this mm -hmm. um Maybe maybe I'm not going to be able to deal with it, you know. And obviously, right. that is a, a complete lie, just you know, from the devil. And so, you know, I think, um, you know, that one thing that really sticks out is is that being on the other side of grief, um, life still exists, mm -hmm. and there's still a ton of value and purpose, and it can exist, um, you know, in a way that is very fruitful to others, and it can provide a a platform to now walk along alongside other people that are going through the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That whole God of comfort, right. Allows yeah. you to comfort others, right. Because he's comforted you. Mm -hmm. uh, and the interesting thing is, is when you can walk alongside somebody who's gone through a very similar situation. So you literally know what they've gone through, not just right. a tough situation, not just a dark time, not just the, you know, the shadow, right. But literally the same thing, right. Somebody losing a child and go, 
yeah, I've been there. I know what you're going through. Right. Um, but like you said, right, that you said, you're, you know, on the other side of grief, I think one of the things that I, I remember um, at the funeral when I, when I talked to you, I was like, um, like, it's not over, though. Right. Just the, the, the memories, right, of, you know, every time we have a Christmas, every time we have Myers' birthday, every time. I mean, there's going to be so many different events, really the rest of your life that Myers isn't there to share. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of keeps on bringing that up. How do you deal with things like that? Great question. So, you know, that's that's one thing where people can really get into trouble when they lose a loved one or a child or or anybody for mm-hmm. that matter. They put this timeline or expectation in their head like, hey, I I should be done grieving. Right. right? I shouldn't be struggling Gr- with grief for a year and now right. move on with life. Right. Exactly. And really, it's it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. Um, it's something that you take with you. Now, grief mm-hmm. will look different and there'll be different stages of grief as as you move on. And, you know, the immediate stage is very emotional and mm-hmm. then it becomes more of a historical type of grief mm-hmm. when you kind of have you know mem- memories or moments of remembrance and so that's uh, one of the most in- impactful things that somebody told me pretty quickly on mm-hmm. um, and I also attended a, a grief share ministry at, at Watermark and that was something that, that we heard there as well. That's good. Clayton is there um, a, a book or a verse that just you held so close to heart during that time? You know, I mean, I, countless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, so side note on that, I mean, I think we probably got mailed like 50 books. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, um, it, but you know, and a lot of them were, were repeats, but in there, in, I couldn't read through all those in a year if, if I wanted to, but um, you know, and I'm not a huge, a huge reader, Ashley is, and so Ashley definitely read a, a lot of those books. That's and awesome. You know, um, I think that um, for me, you know, there were some purposeful, uh, you know, verses and just truths from from God's word that really like stuck out. And, you know, God covered us in peace, you know, uh, because we put our trust in him uh, from from Isaiah. And so we put that on, uh, you know, Myers window for a while. And it was kind of a a themed verse that... um, kind of carried me through, I would say, because at the, at, in those moments, you can't, I mean, you come to the con- conclusion and realization that like you have no control of anything. Right. Not that we, we should already know that, but yeah. like in those moments, you yeah. know, it's kind of like- It is a reality. It, you have the choice to say, okay, God, this is yours. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want that peace that you tell me that you're gonna give me right now. Mm-hmm. And that complete surrender is um, honestly a privilege to experience, mm-hmm. so. Now, I know um, because Myers had a heart condition right. that a lot of people, right, after his passing, would mm-hmm. take pictures of doing like a little heart symbol mm-hmm. at different places. What, what is that about? Tell me about that. Uh, let, so that started um, one of our friends in our community um, decided that they were going to cut out a heart and uh, post it on Instagram and also put it in a win- the window of their yes. house. Just yeah. And this started before he passed, so the people okay. would just... Uh, be praying so and be reminded. Pray and, yeah. and so that kind of took off. Um, there was it was very encouraging. Um, I mean, I think I was driving through Richardson, and there were businesses and restaurants that had hearts in the window wow. that we go to uh, often. Wow. Um, and so that was pretty touching. That's incredible. I, I kind of want to circle back a second, back on your community. Mm-hmm. You talk a lot about, you know, how you guys had this community. How did, to the listener out there who's like, I'm stuck, I, I'm going through trials, I'm going through something, how do I find community? Um, what were, you know, the priorities or the steps that you and Ashley took in mm-hmm. order to say, hey, this is what we need in our lives, you know, as newly married or, you know, parents, you know, having children at this point? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, um, 
you know, growing up myself, um, you know, I, I think that I didn't have maybe uh, that type of community, I would say, or see that type of community done that uh, done that way. Uh, and it's something that early on that I um, was introduced to maybe in college and then certainly post-college once we got to Watermark and something that I definitely wanted in my family and in our life. And so I think that it would be very difficult to navigate uh, life's challenges, marriage, uh, big decisions without wise counsel. And, and that's an area to really get wise counsel. And it's a safe place to get wise counsel. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's a safe place to be you know, rebuked and corrected and, and ask for forgiveness when you've done wrong. And so mm -hmm. um, it's just a model that um, it, it really works. And the, and the way that we went about getting in community is we plugged into the church and you know, we met some people. And then organically over time, once you start having kids and you're going to school and you're on sports teams, you kind of naturally um, can form some of these, you know, community groups that share the same values. Yeah, definitely. That's good. I, I, okay, you underplay it a little bit. Okay. Okay, because it doesn't just happen organically. It's really intentional. Yes, you, that's true. You were intentional about putting yourself, right, in a, in a group of Bible-believing people mm -hmm. who had similar values, right, so that you could, right, you could share, right, and resource and network with that group of people, right? And I, I think that's yeah. the, the, the thing is I've watched so many people who have not placed themselves right. Right, in the center right, of that growing community. Mm. And then when something happens in life and they need it, it's not there. Right. And so I mean, I, the, the concept is, is really making sure right, that you're placing yourself where those relationships can grow and develop. Yeah. That's true. And it's not an easy thing like to form this type of trust in, in, in community. And yep. in fact, there's been hiccups you know, along the way. For, we've been in a few different types of community groups. And, you know, and, and so you, are, you do have to be intentional. Um, and, you know, seek out, you know, people that really want to do life uh, the same way. Uh, and, and over time, you know, I think that you get better at it and it becomes Absolutely. more of a, a healthy practice. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. Yes. Um, time goes by fast. It that really fast. does. That was quick. I know. Um, it's just been a blessing to... Um, have you back and have you here um, and just hear your story and you know so many people were praying here at PCA um, for your family during those difficult times um, I know you know just being up there and trying to serve food and, and do mm -hmm. the little things that you know you, people just want to help in any way they can um, what would you say I guess to conclude you know for somebody who is going through a really hard time what what could somebody else do to help them? Yeah. Um, because we see these, pe you know, we see people in our lives that are struggling, and we're like, "How can we help? What do they need?" Mm -hmm. um, was is there anything specific that you could you could say? Oh, this was huge. Was it you know? Was it the card? Was it just the meal? Was it the things that were dropped on the doorstep? Mm -hmm. I know you had mentioned that yeah. in some things. What would have it been? Well, I think you know. It, it depending on the circumstance and challenge that somebody's going through, um, you, even just a text message, it just saying, you're loved, praying for you, like mm -hmm. that's huge. Um, and if you know there of a need that needs to be filled, then fill the need, you know, and, and that's just a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that happened with us not even knowing, yeah, so. That's incredible. That is, it's a good word. Wow. Very good, Clayton, thanks for coming Yeah, in. thanks for coming, Clayton. Yeah, We're for grateful for you. Thank you for joining us today on Life Talk where we talk about life while encouraging and equipping you to live out the truth of God's word. Until next time, let your life talk. Mm -hmm.